from the greater Boston area, you are listening to My Turn Conversations, brought to you by Tufts Education Reentry Network. These are stories of life during and after incarceration told by people who've lived it and are working to overcome the odds. As a warning, this podcast series contains material about emotional and physical trauma that may be upsetting to some audiences. In this episode, Patrick Liss, Jimmy Hang, and David DeValley discuss their reentry experience and struggles against recidivism. From relocation to reputation to relationships, the pull of the streets continues to pose challenges to them in their own reentry journeys. For me, like I've experienced too much, too much trauma within my life to like want to step back into a facility, into a into a cell, into someone else telling me what I have to do as a man. You know that trauma is is, is like it can forever be with you if you don't know how to bring some form of healing to that. Jail's not for nobody, nobody. So you said that you didn't want to go through the trauma of being incarcerated again. I can relate to that trauma, but I can also relate to the trauma of poverty. And I know that there's so many people who are fighting, like, which trauma is worse? Being embarrassed, being ashamed that I'm broke and that I can't pay my bills or I can't have the finer things in life or being ashamed and tra- traumatized by the institution that robbed me of my freedom. And ultimately, yeah, trying to run from one of these traumas to the other isn't necessarily better. There's more opportunities in the free world, bro. More opportunities in the free world. You can't do nothing behind those walls. All right, and I know we can all relate to that, man. Um, my name's Patrick. I'm previously incarcerated. Spent three years of my life behind the wall. After three years, I was able to prove my innocence, and I was acquitted, not guilty. I've been back in the community for about a year and a half. And, you know, the topic of discussion is the pull of the streets. How's it going? Um, Jimmy, um, ever since 13 years old, I've been in and out the system. I did it DYS time, county time, state time, and federal time. And currently, I'm on the bracelet, house arrest, and um, that's the pull of the streets that I want to get into the discussion. Um, I'm David, 29 years old. I was recently just released on parole about four months ago after serving seven and a half years on a nine and a half, ten and a half year sentence. Um, Yeah, my reentry has been crucial. I'm on parole and probation stipulations, so I literally have to be extra careful. So the pull of the streets is a very sensitive topic in my life. After being, after long years of incarceration where you know you have to come home with a better mindset previous to what you how you lived your life previously um, there was times where obviously you reflect back on who am I today after sitting down and being being incarcerated and you wonder how do I adjust to society how do I adjust the environment coming home you try to come up with a plan prior to you leaving incarceration. So for me, 
I made the decision while I was incarcerated because I was able to observe the individuals that was there constantly coming in, lost in the system with no direction and reflecting with my loved ones and my family. I made a promise to them that when I come home, I had to do better. I had to give my loyalty to the folks that really cared for me and at the same time show respect to myself. So when those doors was open for me, I made a commitment to give everything I had to giving back to the community, giving back to my loved ones, giving back to the people that really supported me. You know, it was, it was, it was critical that I find a direction because, you know, a lot of times when you come home and you don't have a direction, you can easily be lost. You, you know, there's, 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 there's definitely a lot of negativity that can, you know, pull you in the wrong direction. I don't know if any of you gentlemen can relate to that. Um, my personal definition of the pull of the streets is like, it's kind of like physics, like there's a gravitational pull. When you're trying to have upward mobility and leave out of this pocket of poverty that has pulled people into incarceration, it's like a force that's trying to bring you back down. And as a man coming home trying to change, trying to reinvent himself from a life of crime, trying to become a college student, is, is difficult. It's, it's a long journey, it's a stressful journey, there's not much instant gratification in there. There's, there's not much money in there. And as we all know, we come from a capitalist society. We, we live in a, in a world of goods and services. If you don't have the goods you, or, the, or the services to live the right life, now you're being judged. Now you're being questioned by other people. And I've personally had to deal with that, swallowing my own pride and not turning to the streets to go back to selling drugs out of fear that I'll go back to prison. I've lived a whole life committing myself and being loyal to the cause of my brothers. But these were the cause of the these were the causes that I one at one point believed in because these were these were individuals I considered my family when I didn't have a family. I watched so many of my friends go upstate and they ain't never come home. You know, they fighting that real struggle. But when I say toxic in the terms of there's a lot of individuals that say they've been through what you've been through. I sat for years fighting to get my freedom back. I, I never thought I'd come home. That's because there's individuals in this world that's gonna find any means necessary to bribe you to come back down to the pedestal or, 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 or the position that they're in. You know, whether it's, hey, you know, um, if you're financially struggling, I got these drugs for you. Let's get back to the bag, let's get this money. You know, hey, yo, damn, you're struggling? You're struggling? You know, um, you know, I got this gun for you. Let's go rob these dudes or whatever the case is. It puts you more. It puts you more in a excuse my like like tough position because if you're if you're understanding where that individual was coming from, you're like, damn, it's tempting. How do I go figure out how to get this money? When all actuality, we're just trying to we're trying to find that that curve. We're trying to we're trying to jump ahead, and that it's never worked for us. You feel me? You ever, Jimmy, you ever been in a position, man, where you felt like you offended somebody because you had to turn down something they might have get extended to you? Um, a lot of times, because um, they just know, like, your reputation from back then, whether it's your generation or the new generation coming up from the neighborhood. So, like, they had that expectation of who you was or who you are. So they always asking, like, yo, I need a favor. Like basically, I'm got problems with these dudes on the street or whatnot. You know, they expect 
something like they, they expect you to basically be the old you and then when you say nah they're like damn Jimmy done turned soft or this and that that and this like so but now though like they're starting to understand because like man I my whole life I've been in and out of the system so that's like they're like nah he he, he did enough like the pull of the streets got him like basically this kid lived behind the the, the criminal system more than he lived on the street because of his loyalty. And that's where like my pull of the streets was loyalty. So when I came home, I still was on some like, not even like fully processed what's going on. I'm still like, nah, like I did my bit, I did this and that, and I'm still trying to mislead the younger generation. I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, like, but then like I came to realize like, you can't teach what you don't know. You can't leave where you ain't go. So I was, I was like, I had no guidance. So like, that was the pull of the streets for me, you know? How do you tell somebody that you've known your whole life, that you know at some point you ate at their mother's table, you slept in their, slept in their bedroom, you know, y'all shared food, y'all broke bread, that I have to disassociate myself from you because you're toxic within my life and I want to do better. It's hard to tell that. Not removing yourself can be so like dangerous to your health, to your life, to your reentry. I agree on this misdirection, temptation, um, just obstacles. Like when you come home, a lot of times you come home to nothing. The most critical point of my life and the decisions of my life was when I did come home, because granted, when I came home, I came home to bills. I came home to wanting the finer things. Immediately, somebody told me, oh, yo, I'm so glad you're home here. I got a pack for you. I got a gun for you. I got some money for you. You know, let's figure out how to get you back in position with, to where you was. But that's not what I want. I no longer want that. So I had to turn some of that stuff away. I'm like, I don't want none of that stuff, especially from someone where it's when you do things, when some of these individuals do things, it's not for free. There's motives behind it. And if you don't meet those motives, then you're in debt. I don't want to be in debt to an individual that's not genuinely looking out for me. So that was a decision I had to make. Nah, definitely, like, I'm currently on the house arrest. Like, they, I have to get permission just to come to school. So, like, it, it kind of tends me to, like, damn, like, it's, like, I'm locked up still, you get what I'm saying? But granted, you know, I'm, I'm at a house, but it's, like, it tends me, like, damn, like, some days I be thinking about cutting this bracelet just because like I have to go through so much stuff just to get approved for trying to do the right thing. So like it's definitely obstacles and like the temptation, I guess like like you said, misdirection. I totally agree. I feel like one of the biggest pressures when dealing with the pull of the streets is that love or that perception of love that other people kind of force upon you because these drug dealers have plenty of dudes in the neighborhood who are begging them to go work for them. But they think that they're showing love by offering you the job. But they're looking out for their own pockets. These these gun runners and gang members and all, they could have they could have went and recruited somebody else, but they know major a good amount of these men who are coming home are solid individuals. They're movers, they're shakers. Everybody isn't cut out to be a drug dealer. So when they know that you have that potential to be able to uh, co contribute to their movement and their team and their pockets, it's, it's bigger than them just putting a couple dollars in your pocket. Like, like Patrick said, 
You're going to owe that man something. You might have thought that those drugs or that money that he gave you was free. But at the end of the day, you, you're in, forever indebted to that man because he felt like he made your reentry a little softer by giving you a pack of drugs. Yeah. I'm going to go all the way with you because yeah. you extended something so, so minor to me. I'm going to go all the way with you. Whether it's, you know, somebody trying to bring harm to you. If they bring harm to you, they're bringing harm to me yeah. because I'm loyal to you now. But in all, all actuality, you just bought my loyalty. That's all it really come down to. I feel like that that speaks huge volumes on the moving aspect, like the relocation of like where your reentry actually takes place. So leaving and going to another community, I was blessed to be able to move with my aunt away from the city of Lowell, where my mother was, you know, afraid that I would come back and see these same people that would pull me back into my old lifestyle. And it just speaks like the 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 interchange of community and like the imprint of your reputation before you left and how anchored that identity is into the people that know you. They don't understand change the way that we do. They don't understand evolution and progress the way that we do. The world's bigger than the block. Yeah, we don't realize that there's so much more out there. We don't realize how much we're affecting I ask myself, even to this day, like, why was I more loyal to them than any of those individuals and the people that should have gotten my loyalty? There's been many times while I was incarcerated, I went without no money in my canteen. None of these dudes that say they love me and will go all the way from there for me. Yeah, right. My account's empty. I'm not eating. It'd be my loved one, my significant other, that would really go there for me and be like, babe, I gotta make sure you good. Right. Babe, let me, let me come up there and make sure your mental's good, you know? Right. Let me pay you a visit. I found a new family, and I use this phrase all the time, my restorative justice family, because this is the family that helped me get away from these toxic individuals. These are the family that's provided me with opportunities, education, jobs, you know, um, um, just, just positiveness all around me. You know, I, I had mentioned in a, part, I mean, in a panel before where I was like, I've been hearing I'm, ha I'm so proud of you more now than I have ever in my life because I'm putting in the work for it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing on to these, my fellow brothers that's on the same page as me and we're, we're growing together. That's so important because this is really a movement. You know, it's, it's so easy. It's so easy to get lost. So easy. But when you, got some, when you have someone else that's willing to support you, more than the people you've known your whole life, it's an easy decision. It's easy for me to be like, you know, I have more respect for you because you might not know me, but you see the potential in me. And you're like, I want to work with you. I want to uplift you. And that's where the motivation comes in now. I love individuals that's willing to help me. Jimmy, you had spoke about something that had really stood out to me. And it was talking about how when Bobby had flipped his case, it had told you something. And from my perspective, I took that as, Bobby flipping his case, I gave you hope. And that hope had allowed you to move in a better direction and change your life and see that maybe there is something else out there for you. I can relate to that hope. Coming home, I was unsure about what I was gonna do, who I was gonna become. And the My Turn program through Tuppet had changed my life, had gave me hope, had gave me something to look forward to, something to aspire to. and. I'm honestly just grateful for that opportunity and I hope that that can give the next man hope. While I was incarcerated, my uncle, he passed away in Norfolk on that two, two lifetime bids with 40 years on top. He passed away in Norfolk and like 
he didn't even get a chance for a pill. You know what I mean? So I'm like, damn, I keep coming in and out. And Bobby's telling me, like, while he before he flipped his case, like, yo, bro, what are you doing? You coming in three, four times? Like, I got an elbow, like a like a life bed, and you you got you got a chance, and you still messing up. You still, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you right, but not fully listening. You get what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you right. Like, like so I'm like, you messing up. Then this last go around, like, no, not this last go around. When I was caught that fed bit. They got, I spoke with him on a conference or something. He was just like, yo, bro, you still, like, not learning tight. So I'm like, yeah, you right. He's like, yo, but I, I got some good news in this. Then I see it on the news. I'm like, oh, shit, he flipped his case. So now my lawyer hits me like, yo, um, they can't, it says overturn on your, your, your record. They can't use that against you. So when I got out, he hit each other up like, yo, um, I want you to do some circles and stuff. I want you to get involved with this and then from there I did like I did a circle and I liked it and um from there I'm like yo what other resources because I didn't know no resources like like when I first came home like no resources I just knew like damn I gotta try to get a job or whatnot but like whatever you know I didn't know no resources of educational um like basically just groups with people that what we've been through like just sit down and just like clap like you know what I mean just push each other in that right direction. So once I did that circle in RJ, I liked it. He put me on with another um, group. Uh, I forgot what it's called. And then he was like, yo, sign up to um, for Tufts. The circles I'm very familiar with. You know, I've, I've actually facilitated circles and, and all of that myself, but my first time stepping into that same restorative justice setting, restorative justice circle, it was so therapeutic to me because similar to what you said I was in the same space with people from the same lane of life as I was people who've done time before but not just people that's done time I'm meeting all types of different individuals students probation officers teachers a variation all in the same space building community in a therapeutic space I've seen people break down shed tears and in a space with people, with people that you one point called strangers, and at the end of that process, you called yourselves friends. The one thing that I would say that like to help people to not go back to the streets is to to find, give them something to take the place of that community, give them something to take the place of that belonging, whether it be education through Tufts, whether it be restorative justice, whether it be some other form of community engagement. Whether you know meeting youth, mentorship, anti-gun violence rallies, like there's so many ways that people can get involved. It isn't just like we don't have to tell somebody join an organization. Like we should be teaching men coming out. You can create your own organization. Like have your own, build something from the ground up that's gonna create a sense of belonging. Maybe there's not a specific space for you because there's not a specific cookie cutter mold for every man coming out. Every man coming out isn't gonna be into RJ. Every man coming out isn't gonna be into education. But we should. Give them the skill set to create community. Give them the skill set to create some form of belonging in their community that can be a positive outlet, that can, that can ultimately make the difference in their life. We're somebody that's, that's, that's lived it, and we're the ones that can make the difference in some of these kids coming up. I hate the fact that when I was younger, you had the older individuals pointing us in the wrong direction. We've lived it. We can personally tell these kids, these younger youth, listen, you don't want to live this life. And 
why not listen to me? I've been in those shoes. I've, I've been where you're going. If not, I've, I've probably experienced so much more than you have. Let me stop that trauma right now before you, you dive even deeper into something you can't come back from. There's a lot of young kids, 18, 17, going to, up into the adult system that's never coming home because they didn't have that positive influence in their lives. Based off the work that I do right now, I'm in the community. I'm grabbing a hold of these kids. I'm like, how can I help you? You know, and, and they be like, oh, what have you been through? What haven't I been through? What haven't I been through? That's the real answer. Hear me out. Don't hear, don't hear out these, the, you, you wanna listen to the, to the, to the glamour. You wanna listen to, to the cash. That's only for a moment. Let's talk about where your future's gonna bring you. Because right now, I know I'd be so far ahead now if I had the same mindset I had back then. Like, like if I brought this mindset back then, I'd be so far along. But because I was stubborn, because I was stupid, because I was easily influenced, I didn't pay no mind. Mentors, mentors critical. Let me, let, me, let me ask you a real question because I've been in the system with you. We've been in this facility together, Nashville Street, wasting days of our lives. And now here we are in the classroom. What made you want to change that? What made you want to do better? Definitely because my family, I put them through a lot. First and foremost, like every incarceration, they holding me down. Like they're the only ones, like you were just saying, like the ones that said, I love you, your friends and stuff, where they at? And I come home every time, I still embrace them. But then I'm like, they try to pull me back. You know what I mean? But like, I'm like, nah, like I did a federal bid already. At the age of, I, I went in the feds at 29 or 30. No, I'm, I'm sorry, 30. I'm 32 right now. Like, what's next? Like a, a life bed, you feel me? So there's nothing higher than the feds. Like a life bed, the death penalty for the feds. Like, I'm like, nah, I can't afford another one. Giving back to the community is critical. Dudes coming home, they're lost like we was once lost. So it's like, why not use my resources or you know, some of, the, some of the things that I've learned through my journey up and, upli network. and uplift them, for real. I don't, see, I don't wanna see my fellow brothers struggle. You feel me? I wanna give back. This is, this is the most giving back I've ever been in my life because at one point I was selfish. I wanted to keep every single dollar. I wanted to take from the world. Now I'm giving back. Brother, how can I uplift you? How can I help you? I've had several of my friends, people I consider friends coming home and I'm trying to point them in the right direction. Like, yo, appreciate your freedom. What can I do to uplift you? How can I help you? You need some clothes? You need some money in your pocket or, or, or whatever. Whatever I can keep, do to keep you on the right track and on the long run, you're gonna appreciate that. And guess what? When you become successful, you're gonna do the same thing for the next person. So that's, that's my fight. Isn't it amazing when a man who was fighting the pull of the streets is now providing resources to fight against the pull of the streets? Thank you for listening to the My Turn Podcast. My Turn is a community-based, university-accredited program, providing education, mentorship, and career development support to and by those who have been directly impacted by the criminal justice system. My Turn's objective is to provide an opportunity for each participant to rediscover and reframe their skills, interests, responsibilities, and commitments. This podcast is created and produced in partnership with Tufts University, Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life. Music brought to you by Elmo Playtest. 
Learn more or support my term at tuppit.org. T-U-P-I-T dot O-R-G.